buying or selling a business, there are a lot of points to consider. From a tax standpoint, to hiring the right employees and management team, especially if you won't be involved in the daily operations of the business, you need to set realistic goals, analyze how the business is performing, and make sure that everyone in your business has a common direction in mind. Welcome to the Michael Saunders Show. Host Michael Saunders and co-host Warren Whitus are here to answer your questions with a high level of expertise and knowledgeable guests. Now, here are Michael and Warren. Hello, everybody. This is the Michael Saunders Show with my guest host, Warren Whitus. He has a great phrase to say before we start this morning in life. Warren, could you give us this, please? Well, yes, these are Warren's words for this particular segment. Anyway, uh, I was having breakfast with a buddy of mine this morning, and this buddy just happens to work for the local government. And he says, oh, he says, we do so much for the local people, and we're, we're always trying to, to make their lives better. And I said, well, you know, you're Ronald Reagan, right, President? And I said, uh, his, his thoughts were the most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you. <laughs> I like so, that. I like that. Needless to say, he didn't have much more to say. But that, that was it for my, for my words of wisdom. Those are Warren's words of wisdom. So everybody, I'm Jesse Jameson. I'm an executive producer with Voice America, and I'm here today with Michael Saunders and Warren Whitus. Michael, uh, as you remember from last week, we were talking a little bit about the advantages of working with someone like you and Warren and Lesden and Associates. Today, I'd like to uh, start off with the little five steps or, or situations that you like to kind of go over with a potential uh, client, whether it be a buyer or seller. Can you uh, give us those five points that you wanted uh, the, the listeners to, to know about? I can. Thank you very much. We're going to be talking about potential buyers today and businesses that they might be looking at. One of the first things to do is if you're small, say it's a mom and pop business that you're interested in getting involved with, who are you, are you going to have involved in the company if you buy it what does that mean well you might have family members you might have friends make sure that it's unbiased make no rash decisions say it's your brother but you know deep down he's gonna have to have his hand held don't do that get people that you feel comfortable with it's gonna help you whatever business you guys acquire that can help you grow that somebody is trustworthy, that has the fire in the belly that you should have if you're buying a business. Those are things that we believe is very important just in the beginning stages. Then also, where do you think you might be wanting to have that business located? Is it in the area where you live now? Is it in different parts of the city, state, or other states in the country? Once you define all of this, then say, okay, financing, where am I going to have the money? Have I got it saved? How, can I get a bank loan? Where can you get the money to help purchase a business that is up and operating and profitable? Never. Michael, can, can, can I ask what type of money, let's say I really did, because, you know, I firmly believe, Warren and, and Michael, that 
everybody at some point in their life wants to own something as far as a business, whether it's a beauty shop, right? Whether it's a restaurant, uh, whether it's a garage where you fix people's cars because maybe you just grew up loving cars. But I firmly believe that at least at some point in everyone's life, we all think about being our own boss and what have you. But, you know, let's be honest, we're talking about potentially purchasing a business. What type of investment should somebody maybe have to bring to the table before they really are serious about this? And does that make sense the way I asked it? It, it, it does. That's a good question. What I always tell potential buyers when they ask to meet with us is once we get through what we just talked about, I ask, how's your financing going? Are you planning on putting your own personal money in to buy a business? Are you going to have to borrow it from relatives or family members, individuals? Once we know how you're thinking about going about buying a business, we're going to give you our opinion if we think that would be smart or we think you need to go another way. I always like to hear a buyer, potential buyer, say, we, we have some money saved, X amount. Say you want to buy a $500,000 business. If you tell me you got 150000 liquid that's saved and great credit, we're going to help you, and we think we can achieve your goals of buying a business if you have that in place. Once we find out you have that in place, you have good credit, everything that the bank is going to want, we're going to go with you and help you with the applications. You might have a bank that you do business with or know that ownership group. That's fine. We don't mind. But make sure that they do small business loans. Because a lot of small banks do not. They can't. They just can't afford it. But if you do have somebody like that, that's even better. If you have a bank that you've got a long history with or your family or, you, or the company you work for has a long history and they are interested in helping you buy a business, that's where you want to go. And if you contact us, we'll tell you that. We can even go with you. So there's, what, there's one thing that you and Warren need to let the audience know, right, that's important is that bad credit could mean no business, right? So it's real important Absolutely. that people kind of establish and keep their okay. credit So good. I have to be that. Okay, I can say that. I would think most people would know that, but I can say that. <laughs> so. Yes, you have to have really stellar credit. I mean, if you're going to, because if you're going to finance $500,000, and you don't That's have like a house. That, that, that's, that's a lot of money, and uh, they're going to want to make sure they've got collateral or something that if it, the business flows, they've got something to fall back on. So it's extremely important to have a good credit and an asset. And Michael said, you got 150000 in the bank. Yeah, that's great. That, that might get you the company bought. But just remember, too, there's some transition costs. When you go take over a new business, you're transferring a lot of different things into your name. And I've, I've seen people walk in and have just a few thousand dollars for operating expenses. Like, you're going to need a lot that, more than that. That is a recipe for disaster, right? Really so we, we never plan to fail, but another great saying I've heard in life is that sometimes we just fail to plan. Right. And when we fail to plan, when we go into a business and we don't know how the business operates, 
uh, when we when we go in naively, we end up paying for that naivety, right? Now, Michael, I I didn't mean to interrupt your points there, but I just wanted to mention, you know, that that obviously we're not talking about people starting a, a, a job with zero money down. You know, here in Arizona where I live, Warren, there is a bunch of people that are like, hey, come buy houses and become a rich person in real estate with zero down. Yeah, yeah. Well, that zero down probably requires either really good credit or it's some sort of too good to be true, right? Well, the interest is outrageous. Where you guys aren't talking about a too good to be true, we're talking reality here. If you wanna be a business person and have a successful business, you know, you got to start by having a decent credit score, right? And, yes. the way to, and the best way to have a decent credit score is to never allow yourself to, you know, to have a bad credit score, so to speak. So let's say a person does have a poor credit score. Would you actually recommend that maybe they kind of try to get a better credit rating before they even think about, you know, maybe dealing with a bank for a business loan? Well, there's avenues they can go to, not the most desirable, but say, for instance, a potential buyer has the ability to run that company, whether it's small, medium size, usually small companies, but if they've got that ability, but they do not have a good credit rating, if they've got some money saved, and if they have some good collateral that go against the money they need to borrow, that might be feasible. But that's something that I and the company, less than associates, would be involved with. Just remember about us. We're not here for the short term. We're here for the long term. The long term is helping you find a business, qualify for the business, and make sure that company's going to be successful. We want you 10 years from now, 15 years from now, whatever that period, to come back to me and say, I've done this. It's great. I want to retire. That's what makes us happy. We don't want you to go into a business and not be successful. It's not good for us. And I do not want to have that on my conscience that I knew that you were not going to be successful. My job is to tell you the truth. We will not ever lie to you, consciously lie to you. And we believe in being upfront with you. And we want you to be upfront with us. Those are things that we insist on before we even come on as your broker. Once we all, all agree on this, we're in this together. And not just from buying. I will be checking. Warren will be checking. My whole company will be checking to see how you're doing. We'll come by and take you to lunch and say, how's it going? You might say, well, Michael, I've got some personnel issues. What's your thoughts? We give you our thoughts. Whether it's looking at other companies like yours, putting word out you're looking for for a good person at that position. And we'll listen ourselves because we have a lot of different kind of companies. We and have you, a lot. And you guys have heard every question and concern under the sun. We you, brought up, you brought up an, in, an interesting point that I just want to reiterate for maybe first-time listeners. And if you are a first-time listener, I would really recommend that you, you know, listen to last week's show as well because we, we really learned a lot. But another thing that uh, I, I thought that you brought up there that was great is that, you know, you do want to have a clean conscience. You know, we are talking about business ethics here and doing things the right way. And ideally, Warren and Michael want to have a situation where 10, 15, 20 years down the line, you'll come back to Lesden Associates when you're ready to retire and, uh, and have somebody else take over the reins of that business, so, you, you know? You know, Jesse, one of the best marketing form, forms out there is word of mouth. 
definitely. Uh, the internet's great, but you know, one guy says, "Well, I I had a great experience with Leslie and Associates. Give Michael Warren a call. See what they can do for you." And, and we also have, like, for instance, you buy a business and we're involved with it, and, and the transition goes well. I would bet you that when you're ready to sell or go to another business, you're going to call me because we're going to do what we say we're going to do for you and we stand behind it. We're always, we're very thankful, so thankful that people realize what we will do and we stand behind what we say we're going to do. I cannot tell you how many businesses we have helped buyers buy and they grow it and call us and say, I'm ready to start being, I want to start another company that's up and running completely different from this one. And they might say, Michael, help us sell this one. We want to go on to the next one. And that's what we do. That makes a lot of sense because let's face it, go-getters in life tend to stay go-getters, don't they? That's right. I see so many millionaires out there and they have enough money where they never need to work again, but yet they're 70 and 80 years old and they're still working. And I'm a firm believer as long as you're working, you're living, right? Because it seems like when people stop, that's when, you know, all of a sudden, what happened to Joey? Oh, he... He went to the greener pastures. Yeah. Um, Can we talk a little bit before we go to break here? Because we have a couple more minutes, Michael. I've always been told, and again, I might be naive on this, but I've always been told it's really important to separate business and pleasure. And a lot of times family members and friends don't necessarily work out well with our new businesses, especially do you have anything that, you know, maybe that people should consider with that? Because I know that part of the points that you were mentioning, and we haven't gotten through all the points yet by any means, but you said that you really need to consider, you know, where everyone's going as far as family family members and what have you and what their roles and titles are going to be. Maybe before we go to break, you know, here you can give us a couple minutes of your thoughts on that. Well, one thing I and Leslie and Associates, whether it's myself in the meeting, Warren or anybody else with the company, we want to see who the players are going to be. I like to think I'm real good at the people's personalities, their strengths. I like to have an hour listening to that group talk, watching their body language. There's all kind of things that go involved. You can see if somebody else in that family does not have an interest just by body language, not really listening. And I start thinking, you're about to be involved with a business that all these people here, lives are involved with. Am I going to say anything to the, the family? No, but I've got my antennas out watching. And one family member can destroy a business. That's where the owner, whether it's the president, Operation manager of the business, you got to have one or two chiefs and that's it, preferably one. That person has got to be strong enough to say, you're bringing us down. If you can't get to work on time, you need to go somewhere else. Or if you can't do this job, let's move you to another job. And if you still can't do it, that means you're not trying. That's what we tell people when we meet with the group. If it's a family purchase, if it's not a family purchase, that's up to that the buyer to know the people he's bringing on. We also suggest that the business they're wanting to buy, we usually know already if they're strong because we're already going to know who the players are with that company. We think it's very important that a new buyer keep the key personnel 
especially if they're honest, they're good at what they're doing, they're dependable, those people will help you keep that business growing and thriving. So you, we uh, do our personal you, opinion. Right. You said something really interesting there that, that really is vital because I've, I've seen it kind of derail a lot of companies or at least a lot of sales rooms and different yes. places that I've been in my life is you can't have too many, uh, you, you can't have too many chiefs and, and not enough Indians. You know, you have to have a decision maker, so to speak, that can really make those calls. We're going to go to break right now, so I want everyone to stay tuned. When we get back, we're going to finish talking with Michael about these points. They're very important, so stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com again that's jeff spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are listening to The Michael Saunders Show. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to sales at yourbusinessbrokers.com. That's sales at yourbusinessbrokers.com. Now, back to The Michael Saunders Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Michael Saunders Show. Uh, my name is Warren Wattis. I am Michael's co-host, along with Jamie Jamison. And Michael, before we went to the break, you were starting to talk about how important it is to get the family business involved, the family involved in the business, and, and make sure that they are 100% involved and, and want this to work and happen. Can you tell us a little bit about the worst case scenario that we had not too long ago. Yes, I can, Warren. What we had was a father, hardworking father with a company, wanted to buy a business that he knew a lot about. His wife was behind it. His 
children was behind it, and we thought everything was going to be great. And it was until I sat into a meeting pre-buy, which I always want to do, because I want to talk to the people that are going to be involved in the day-to-day operation of the business, or if they're going to be once a month involved from a financial standpoint, we need to see where everybody stands. And when it came around, I had everybody at the table tell me what their position was and what they were going to do. It got to the older son, and he was hesitant. Well, wherever they want me to go, I'll do it. And I said, no, sir, that's not a good answer. I looked at the father. He looked at his son. We've already talked about what you're going to be doing. And I said, okay, we all need to be sure what he's going to be doing and make sure he's doing it and make sure he's properly trained to do it. Don't assume he knows Michael, how to but, do it. Before you go on, just to reiterate for the folks listening at home, we're talking about what happens when a person buys a business, how and it's very important that everybody in the family is on the same page. If you have a business and one of the people that you're going to be installing in that business, in this example, it's the son, right? Whether it's a son-in-law or son doesn't make any difference. If they're not on the same page, if they don't have that same passion or desire, that really is a recipe potentially at least for disaster, right, Michael? Yes, it is. And, and it worked out, unfortunately, not well for the, for the family and their son. Uh, I get a call from the father about six months into the business, and the son would take longer to pick up a car that they fixed and take back to the dealership. And he was getting a lot of calls negatively about, getting the cars back under time that they were, had a commitment to get back. And that was being ran by his son, and he was beside himself what to do. I said, well, have you told your son you're going to have to make changes if this isn't corrected in a short length of time? Well, no. I said, well, that's your fault then. I said, you, you cannot let this business start losing dealerships. I said, you have to make that decision. I said, That's, this is where you have to man up, whether it's your son, your wife, anytime, just like we talked about before we even started about you buying this business. The father said, you're right. You are right. He did. He went up, let the son go. I helped him find a great replacement that was already in the business and actually picked up more dealerships from this man because he was already in the business doing the same thing. So it worked out, but unfortunately, it was an awkward situation with a family having to let a son go, but it was a smart decision. Owning your own business sometimes is not real easy emotionally when you have family members involved that are not carrying the load that they said they could or would. But once you get over that, I'm happy to say they're very successful. They have already opened up a second location in a different city, and the son-in-law is running that one. Everything's running great. So there's always light at the end as long as you're determined and honest. I always believe in any business, they need to be honest with each other. If you have a guy that doesn't do a good job on a car or a product or whatever that is, you have to make sure you stand behind it. They did it, and they're successful. They continue to get more car dealerships. I couldn't be happier. But that's one case. Yeah. Most cases, you don't have this issue. 
but you will have at some point in your business life have situations like this. It doesn't have to be an automotive business. It could be a manufacturing, distribution business, painting company. I've sold every kind of business you can imagine. Some that you go, really? Only in America you can make a living at doing this. And those are the ones I go, look at this. This is what a person thought of, dreamed of, marketed it, and made a business successful, and I sold it. That is what America is about, is fulfilling your dream. If you really want to say, I can do a business, I can run a business, and I can make a business. Those are people we want to talk to about buying a business. Now, there's, so, there's so many pitfalls too, Warren. You remember from last week, Warren and Michael, we were talking about the fact that, what, 95% of businesses fail within the first two years. Out of the other 5% that survive the first two years, another 90% of them fail within that first five-year period. You're not, in, you're not dealing with businesses that are failures here. You're actually dealing with businesses that have a pretty darn good successful track record. Correct. We're talking about a scenario where you can come in, purchase a business that already has a track record, and learn from the previous owners how to make the transition smooth and how to keep a business that's you know in the black in the black, so to speak. However, we just learned today that you know you have to obviously have either a good credit rating or some really good funds set up because no one's going to sell you a business for zero, right? right? And we also learned that even if you have some good money saved up and a great plan and a bunch of passion, if the team that you set around there, which in this case we're talking about the son or the son-in-law, right? Mm -hmm. If you don't have proper teammates ready to go in that have the same goals as you do, it can be disastrous. So the great thing is, Michael and Warren, you guys aren't about telling people what they want to hear. You're about sharing with them what they absolutely need to hear, what's right. vital. So let's talk a little bit more about some of your points. So now we know that there needs to be some family commitment or at least a team commitment around you, right? We need to know what your passions are. Michael, is there ever a person that wants to open up a pizzeria and wham, you know, wham, boom, there's a pizzeria for sale? Or is there ever magical connections that you guys deal with? Or is it usually one where you and Warren have to do a little, you know, research and, and, and a little investigation on? You know, what would the average search be for, for a job, if I may ask? Usually it's... Run-of-the-mill type businesses people want, we all know. Those are pretty easy. It's the one, the businesses that most people don't see operational. Those are the ones that we have to go out looking and trying to find. We do look hard, and it might not be in this city, might not be in this state. If the buyers tell us they're willing to relocate, we expand are areas that we're looking for businesses that might be up for sale. And that was, those are the ones that we're going to be contacting for the buyers. Now, if they're wanting to stay in Texas, for instance, we know that we have Texas to look through. And that gives us a much larger area to look for these particular type of businesses that we're looking for. Now, so, Michael, we tell the folks, too, we, right, we have a client right now, a buyer, that is looking in four states, Texas, Correct. Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas. So 
they they say, hey, we'll go. If you find us an opportunity, we will go. We'll make sure that we move there and we run that business. So not everybody wants to have just a business in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. They'll, they'll go to Houston. They'll go to uh, New Orleans or where, wherever. I've sold them from Texas to New York. It really it spans all over the United States. Uh, and we're okay with that because I've sold a oil distillery in Nashville, Tennessee, and I spent nearly a month out there, but we got the deal sold. Everybody's happy. They're all very successful. We'll go anywhere to help a person buy a business or sell a business. On but buying they- a business, there's a lot of work from our standpoint because we don't want just the CPA to fly out and meet. Most CPAs are going to want to look at the books. That's great. We want to look at the sellers. That's what we're good at. We interview them. We talk to them. We go to dinner together. I try to spend as much time as I can with that potential seller. When that happens, we go and meet with the buyers and tell them what we have found out about this particular business and this particular owner and location. Once everybody seems okay with that, we'll bring the buyers out to meet the sellers. That's important. We want to make sure those two are getting along well. They understand each other. We all think that we can proceed in the journey of them buying a business. That's where the work starts also. We meet with lawyers, accountants. We all want to make sure that we're all good with everything about that business before we set up a closing date. If all that goes into play, everybody's confident this is going to happen, we set up a closing date. Usually, it's in the state and city of the business that the buyer is going to keep at that location and make it work. So we set up a closing date, all lawyers, all buyers and sellers go. And once we, at the closing table, we go in, go through the closing with the closing law firm. We're never going to leave the buyer. We're going to be there representing him. We will answer questions that the seller has to the best of our ability. So once it's sold, everybody's happy. The business is bought. That's the end of our job. Amen. And here's the cool thing for the folks at home. If you want, you can Google Lesden and Associates and you can actually get in contact with both Warren and Michael. If you also like, you can go to yourbusinessbrokers.com and uh, you can even give the uh, office in Dallas a call at 972-395-7220. And you guys are open five days a week, correct? Well, yes, we are, but we also answer the phones on Saturday. So hey, even better. We, we leave our cell numbers on the website, too. You can get a hold of us. Even better. So there you guys hear it. Saturdays, where everyone else is not available, good old Michael and Warren will get back in we touch with you. We will answer the phone, or we will get back with you very quickly. Michael, you're talking about closing. Tell them the story about the closing where you had the two individuals that didn't like one another because... They were from the same country, but one was from the north and one was from the south. They didn't particularly get along. That they did not. I did not know this. I was representing the buyer 
And the seller I had met with a couple of times just to make sure I looked over the books. Everything was great. Business had longevity. It had financial gains. And I'm like, well, this is going to be great. So I bring my buyer. We go to the business. The seller comes out. We're shaking hands. Everything's fine. And I said, look, I know you want, but please speak in English because I do not understand Vietnamese. Okay. They shook hands. We start talking. Next thing I know, there was a couple of questions, and it just went crazy. They started yelling at each other. They're getting a bumping chest. I'm going, what is wrong with everybody? Come to find out, one was on the south side, one was on the north side, and you know how that turned out. So I went up having to get the buyer and drug him away from the seller, get in the car, and asked him to leave, and please not to come back. I will get with him later. And the seller, I had to tell him the same thing. I said, why? Why would you guys start talking about a war that's been over for so long? <laughs> well, unfortunately, my buyer, what you saw and what you have seen in movies, the death camps is true. He lost half his family at the death camps. So that ended that situation. I'm sorry I ended it in such a negative tone, but that shows you we will not put up with anything that's not above board and honest, and that's the reason why I did not want these guys to ever get back together, and they did not. I wound up selling that salon, thank goodness, to an American, and there was no issues. But we hear it all. There's nothing that we won't see or hear. We will always stand behind the client. As long as they're above board and honest, we will always stand behind our clients and do everything possible to make it work or sometimes to make it not work. If it's not a good situation for both parties, we never want to sell a business or have somebody buy a business. If we have any doubt, they're not going to be successful. We do not do that. We'll never do that. This was a beauty salon, Michael? Uh, a, a nail salon, high-end, very, very right. successful at a very prominent town. Isn't, isn't that interesting that a nail salon here in the States yes. can, ha- can be affected by a war on the other side of the planet? And I I, I find that absolutely amazing. Michael, we're going to be going to break here. Warren, when we get back, we're going to be doing Michael's moment. I'm excited. Are you, Warren? Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, Michael, you got something good for the audience that we're going to go to after we get back from break? Well, one of my life experiences is good, bad, or ugly. Don't share share them yet. I'm not. We're going to be going to... It's mostly ugly. We're going to get back, and when we do, it's going to be a real treat. Now, also, I know that we said we were going to go over five points, but sometimes we get stuck on one point. We're going to go to break. When we get back, we're going to have Michael's moment, and next week we'll get back to those important points. Stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. Check out the Voice America Variety Channel on Facebook. This is the place to share and read stories about and from our hosts and shows. And you can add your voice on today's hot topics. Like us and comment on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Voice America Variety. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. You are listening to The Michael Saunders Show. If you have a question or comment about the show, please send an email to sales at yourbusinessbrokers.com. That's sales at yourbusinessbrokers.com. Now, back to The Michael Saunders Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Michael Saunders Show. Uh, just before break, we were talking about Michael's moments, and I want him to basically convey a couple of Michael's moments to you. There's some that are funny and others that are not, but go ahead, Michael, tell us your story. Well, the first one is about when I was on a flight to Cancun, a new hotel was opening up. Michael, wait a minute. I have a question because we can't sneak in both. You said you've got two possible stories. What are our options? Well, one is the Barracuda, and I'm up. The reason why I bring up the hotel, they set this up for guests, and I was a guest that got up, and I told them I have been up on Paracels all my life. Do me something exciting. And the locals said, we're going to get you way up in the air and very fast. I said, great, let's do it. Now, I had a tremendous hangover, probably wasn't the best of mine. But they set me up, I went up, and they start going higher and higher and higher. The people on the shore could barely see me, I was so far out. Then the motor stopped, and so I start coming down. Motor I'm on looking a- down. Are you, on on a, a, are you on a paraglider? I'm on a paracel. A paracel, yeah, paracel. okay. And the boat Those stopped. Those look scary. Oh, my God, if it stops, can't you die? I'm coming fall? down. My oh, paracel geez. is coming down. <laughs> That's bad enough, especially if you got a tremendous hangover. I look down, and there's this circle of barracudas right there where I'm going to land. So I'm screaming and yelling at these guys in the boat. Barracuda, well, they don't understand me. And so I lift my feet up as high as I could, grab my balls, because I'm thinking, whoa, 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 whoa,
Michael, I think we got to go with the other story. Yeah, Barracuda yeah. and balls. We're going to go with the – what's the other option? Let's go with the family tree. Okay, the family <laughs> snorkeling. <laughs> Michael, you almost got one by us, Warren. Oh, well, it's just being truthful. Warren. The man's got to take care of his jewels. But anyway, we won't talk about that. Let's go to the so, good one. So, the family time. the family one. I I love to go on adventures on vacation. Anybody knows me. So I rented a big Hobie Cat party boat for my family and friends and kids. We went to a snorkeling place. It was great snorkeling is what we were told. So everybody gets off the boat. The adults take off. I've got the kids. They're all about seven, eight years old. We start, and the coral is known. That's the reason why we were there, the coral reefs. But they're wide, and as the further you go, they get smaller, smaller, smaller. And I stop, and the girls like, we can't go. And they're, they said, we're tired. So I turn around. The boat is a long ways away. There's no more adults. Why I thought of this, I don't know. I'll tell you what. I will promise to the day I die, the man up above made me think of this. I spread my arms out on each side. I put two girls in each show arm, and I started kicking towards the boat. And believe it or not, we made it all the way to the boat. I lifted the girls up. There was a guy that worked on the boat, got the girls out. There was a mom came up. She witnessed the whole thing. She said, what you did was impossible. I said, I know that. And what's so touching, every little girl came up to me crying and said, God was with us. And I said, he was. There's no other way I could have made that distance with these girls on my arms and I, I will take it to the day I die. We had how help. many, how many kids were in your arms? I had three. Well, and you're, two and you're, girls. Well, I had two girls in each arm and with my arms spread out. So I had four girls and I just kept kicking, kicking, kicking. I thought my legs were going out my arms. I couldn't feel them anymore. The girls knew that I didn't have a lot left. I didn't sell word, but we just kept going. And next thing I know, this guy's right there at the boat grabbing one of the girls. I got all the kids up. I couldn't get in the boat. I had nothing left. So they got down and got me out. And the mom came up and said, what you just did, I saw, but I can't believe it. I said, myself either. So let me get this straight. Warren, were you there or you weren't there at this time, I wasn't right? There, but I think one thing everybody has to know, Michael was a great swimmer. He, he was a lifeguard on the beach for several years. Seven. I'm sure he, he rescued several people that he hasn't even told me about. Michael, that's a wonderful story. So you did that primarily with leg strength and experience as a swimmer. You don't that have any- and being afraid. I was afraid I was going to lose one or two or both. That always. would have been awful. Sometimes fear is all our heart needs to pump that adrenaline in. Michael, um, did you? Are the rumors true? You you told me, or I I had heard once from Warren that you're kind of the king of selling Hawaiian tropic oil. Is this? I am. Is this true? I can you, am. Can you tell us a little bit That's about that? Where I, that is where I learned, and I tell everybody, how did I learn to market so well? Yeah. Tell us. I, I grew up on a farm <laughs> I know farm this ranch. story, Michael. How I did you I grew up learn? on a farm ranch, and I had to beat what I was going to make on that farm. And I'm sitting up there with another big lifeguard. He says, man, you got to sell. You got to do something. 
and I saw a beautiful girl. Wait, hold on. Sell what? Suntan lotion. What type of suntan lotion? Hawaiian Tropic. And I'm looking and he goes, you got to figure out some gimmick. You got to make some money. I said, I know. I can't go back to the farm. I saw a girl, very pretty, very dark complected. Okay. And she walked by and everybody in that line of chairs looked at that girl. Men, women, kids, other girls. I'm like, man, they're really looking at her tan. Okay, so let me, let, me get, let me get this straight. You have a goal and a need to sell Hawaiian Tropic, and you have to come up with a gimmick, and yes. you notice that there's a woman that can best be described as a head turner. Yes. And not only is she turning heads of young men, but young women, old men, old That's women, right. and kids Everybody. alike. That's right. So what, what happens? Do you make a conversation with this girl? What happens? Well... Another thing, too, I was real skinny, but I was black. I was so dark, and I had white hair. I sort of looked freaky, but I had my big whistle on, and I was glad and proud of that whistle. And this guy looked at me, and he said, I said, I got it. He says, what do you got? I said, I want to see if she'll sell for me. He said, Michael, she's going to slap you. I went up to her. I was nervous. I told her my thoughts. She goes, sure. All I got to do is walk up and down and have – this suntan bottle in my hand, I said, that's it. I'm going to be walking close to you and people, I'm going to be there talking to them. I sold a case the first day. And after that, I knew I had something. So I started getting more girls involved and I, it was great. Bottom line, it worked out great for me. Uh, I made a lot more money and I never had to go back and work on the farm again. Warren, I don't know if you noticed this, but when Michael tells that story, it almost sounds godlike and biblical because he he even says that he has skin of bronze and white hair of wool. It sounds like God. <laughs> Michael, you were how dark were you? You said you I were was black. very dark. You weren't I that dark. Freaky. I looked freaky. <laughs> I was very dark from being in the sun. Mm-hmm. I'm in the white sand. I don't know if you know where Panama City Beach is. Beautiful it's sand. A beautiful right? place. White sand, clear water. So I would be out there from around 6.30 in the morning to around 6 at night, seven days a week. So you're going to get dark or burned to a crisp. So I started saving my money. I had a little military box, ammo box, that one of my clients gave me, and I put, kept putting my money in there. When the season was over, I went home and showed my dad. He just, it blew his mind. I never had to work the farm again. Every summer I went and worked on the beach. And it was great. I learned how to market. I, I, that's what I learned. I got an award. They presented it to me, came in from, and they said a word. I did not know what it meant. And from the time I heard that word, I lived my life by that. So you won an award? Did I hear this oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I told more than anybody's ever done. Anyway. Hawaiian, Hawaiian Tropics. Hawaiian so tropics. so you're, the, you're the king of selling Hawaiian Tropics. I don't know tropics. about that. I'm just what? telling you. I got this, and they said, you're, the, you're what multi-marketing is about. And I looked at him, and I went, what? I didn't know what <laughs> multi-marketing was. He goes, and they explained it. You're getting other people to market your product for you. And I said, well, yeah, that's me. And so that's how I learned. And every aspect of my adult life, I started using that same aspect of it. It's how you present the product. Make sure the product works and be honest with people. They're going to buy. What did you win? Uh, a lot of things. I tripped to Jamaica 
Ooh, tell us about that. That's an adventure that was good, bad, and ugly before they even thought about it. I like going to risky, not risky places, but when I got there, do any of you guys remember Dance Fever? Yes. Well, How about Soul Train? I remember Soul, Warren. Soul Train. Oh, yeah, sure. They were winners of that, and I was little old me involved with that, all them. And I said, well, what do I do? They said, we want you to walk out on stage, take your shirt off. I said, and do what? Dance around. And so I did. I thought I'd be booed off the place, and so many people felt sorry for me. Next thing I know, I'm dancing with the music, having a good time, and every place we went, that's what I did. And it was a great trip until the day that we had a day off, and I always wanted to do something off the wall. So you're in, you're in Jamaica. That's right. You, you just won an award from the Hawaiian Tropic Company. They're yeah. very impressed with you. They send you to Jamaica. Yep. You get a stint on the uh, Soul Train or, or some dance show. Yeah, I, I had nothing to do with them, but yeah. You fill out a place. I was part of this group, yeah. Right. So, so it's your day off. You're in Jamaica. What happens next? I just thought there was just me and myself, and I met a guy there, a guy from somewhere in the state, and he says, well, I want to go with you, whatever you do. So I, ran, I went to a taxi driver. I said, where can I go to have a good time? He said, across the island where all the cruise ships come. I said, hey, I'm ready. <clears throat> what I didn't know, it was about a two-hour drive. We go up in the mountains on the road. He stops and said, I know you're thirsty. See that? Guy riding a little bicycle with a little thing in the front. I said, yeah. He says, go get you something to drink. We get out. We'll walk up, open it up. It was little Coca-Cola bottles with a string with a cork in it. Well, what is this? Something to drink. I pulled a cork, took a swig. It was cold goat's milk. Ew. <laughs> Not what I thought I was getting. I thought, I thought, it, was I thought, I I thought it was Coca-Cola. I did too, buddy. <laughs> And, you know, I started to walk away. He made me give the bottles back because he just put the cork back in it and went out and drove away. So we're in there. We're starting to go down the mountain. And the taxi driver says, do you guys need your bathroom? I said, well, sure. We could go to the side of the road. We're all standing there using a the restroom. And I just felt like I was being watched. But I couldn't see anything. And the driver says, you know, people are watching us. And I'm like, where? Up in the trees. And I look, and there you could see them. They have high up? up in the trees. How high up? Give, give us a visual. Oh, probably 30 feet, big, tall trees. They had built huts that they lived in. That's where I first heard of, you ever heard of Bob Marley, the reggae and all that stuff? They lived there. And that was, there was like a town of these homes. They were, nobody was mean. Or, they wouldn't wave at you, but that's okay. But bottom line, I went down where the tourists were and all that kind of stuff. So I met some people from the cruise. But that was the only fun thing. I came back, and um, we, I did my little thing. And, but that was a good trip. I was completely surprised how good of dancers from Soul Train and Dance Fever were. And then my little bony butt going out there with a shirt off and shorts and trying to dance. I, I should have been booed off a place, but everybody felt sorry for me. So Michael, it worked out great. Michael, I have a question for you. Yeah. When you told me this story before, it ended in a field, and it was a certain field of a oh, certain yes. herb. I'm trying herb. to be clean. I'm trying yeah. to be clean. Tell, tell, tell us a little bit deeper and 
Well, we'll see, I will we'll tell see you, how, we'll see how like far this. Warren lets us get. <laughs> well, I, I believe in trying to experience the local life. And the taxi driver, we're up in the mountains on this little highway. He says, you see that field? I said, yes. He goes, why don't you take a trip over? I think you can find that interesting. <clears throat> and this guy with me said, well, what's in the field? What's such a big deal? He goes, you'll like it. So me, I said, okay. He walks behind me. We go in this field, and it was a big marijuana field. <laughs> and I'm like, well, this is cool. Next thing I know, these guys have nothing but loincloths on, and they got machetes, and they're leading these mules, and they've got packs of this marijuana leaves and all that. They were not happy. <clears throat> I, I begged them, and they let us go, but we learned the lesson. So you're that. so you're on a, you're on a trip to Jamaica. Yeah. You're you're there for the Hawaiian Tropic on your yeah. one day there alone. You have yeah. the driver take you to where it's fun. He takes you to buy where the cruise ships are coming in, right? right? So there's plenty of beautiful people. That's right. You you end up seeing a street vendor. You're thinking he's got a Coca-Cola or something for you. It ends up being some gnarly goat milk, right? Yes, that's right. He ends up taking you to this field, as he calls it, a field of dreams, so to speak. That's right. And you end up finding yourself in the middle of a drug cartel situation. (laughs) I don't know about cartel, but they had some machetes that shine like brass. They were so shiny. And they just kept telling us to walk, walk, walk. So we get out. And one thing I want to throw into this, while we went over to the cruise ships, there was a bar there that took care of the cruise people. And there was a couple walked up, and very beautiful lady, blonde, with no top on. And I was very, very concerned. Okay, and I think that's where we're going to call it an end. that story next week. Next week, maybe, huh? We can start off an episode with you. You can tell them what happened on the boat. But thanks, everyone, for tuning us in this week. Michael had some great stories. Jesse, thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye, everybody. We'll catch you guys next week. See ya. See ya. We hope you've enjoyed and learned from this edition of The Michael Saunders Show. Please join Michael and co-host Warren Whitus again next Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until we talk again, have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening.